The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their... This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. I'm Nate Burleson, and you're listening to Stacking the Box. Jeff Schwartz is a former NFL player. Matt Verderam is an NFL insider. Together with fan-sided editorial director Josh Hill, they break down everything that is happening in the NFL. This is Stacking the Box. What's up, everybody? Stacking the Box. I'm Josh Hill. Matt Verderam. Got Jeff Schwartz. I had a good weekend, guys. Bucks scored 55 points in L.A., and they win. The Twins are in the playoffs. Verderam, you've got to watch the A's on Wednesday. I do. How are you feeling about that? I'm nervous. Uh, I'm an Oakland A's fan, which is, I know, weird. There's a, there's a logic behind it, but I'm looking forward to that. The A's and the Rays, I think their combined payroll is like 10 bucks. So, yeah, well. looking forward to that game. The Chiefs won on Sunday. They put me through the seven stages about eight <laughs> times over. That was uh, not fun, but uh, the end result was... So I'll take it. There you go. You should subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, just so you can hear Verderam cry next week when the A's get beat by the Rays. Because I know I will touch on it. Because, Verderam, you did say 44-28, to the Chiefs were going to beat the Lions. And, Jeff, I don't think that was the score. It was not the score, and it was not the score that I predicted either. I thought this game would be close. I did not think that the Chiefs would struggle to win. I actually thought the Lions would backdoor cover this. Uh, I bet the Lions really early in the week at plus seven. It just felt like a down spot for the Chiefs, right? Big emotional win against Baltimore. Yeah. It's hard to play in Detroit. Not as bad as what, what James Jones said I think it was. Like, it's not that bad. No. But, like, it's tough to play there uh, just because it's not it's not very rowdy. It's a little different for a dome. It's a flat roof, not a bubble roof. It's just weird playing there. Um, and they went out. They made a ton of mistakes. The Lions should have won the game. But I'll contend this. Great teams win games like that. We saw the Patriots beat the Bills that way. Chiefs beat the Lions. If it was reversed, if the Bills and the Lions won, we'd be talking great about them. Look, you know what? So over the weekend, my, my daughter turned two, so my parents flew into Chicago. Your dad it was, was a big here party. for that. My, So my dad came <laughs> into the office on Sunday. My father's the reason I'm a Chief fan. He died hard since the 60s. My father was going to going to try to open up one of the seventh floor windows if Chiefs lost that oh, game. Oh, my God. He was out of his mind at multiple, <laughs> at multiple stages of that game was losing control. Wor- worse than me. It was just absolutely... Like, when they fumbled and lost three fumbles in a quarter... Oh, my God. He was he was ready to just drive back to New York at that point. Like, but the third one, he was apoplectic. And so, <laughs> I, look, it, if they had lost that game, it would have... My poor mother on the way home. That's <laughs> all they would have heard about was Sammy Watkins. I watched you two in the office, oh, too. It he, was the best thing. Jeff, you missed out. Watching Verderam and his dad... 
melt down over the chief. They're pacing back and he forth. Was, He's like making peace with God. It's an entire thing. It was it's incredible. It's one game. <laughs> you don't, look, my dad, like I'm bad and he and he's not as vocal as I am during games, but he was just, he's so annoyed with t- turnovers drive him to no end as do penalties. And watching that game, he was like, I, I just can't believe this is happening. This is unbelievable. How could you play this poorly? And then after the game, even when they won, it's just, it just miserable. It's like that's a terrible showing. They shouldn't be proud about that. Yeah, it was. It was an incredible, incredible sight. Even if they would have lost, like, look, even the Patriots lose. Could have been worse. Could have been Denver. It could have been Denver. Could have been Denver. I really Again. wanted it to be Detroit though, because you said on June third at one fifty three p.m. <laughs> I wrote it down forty four to twenty eight. I wasn't. I wasn't off with the Detroit points by too many. The no. the, the Chiefs though they underperformed. But yeah. it, it, look, it is what it is. Ultimately, look, we're going to get into all this stuff and a lot more. I mean, it it was a weird Sunday in the it NFL. It was. Well, one thing that we did see, I want to get into quick, is we saw Dwayne Haskins play. So we got three rookie quarterbacks playing, and that got me thinking about rookie pranks. Jeff, do you have any good stories about rookie pranks from your days in the NFL? Yeah. So we did a couple of them um, in Carolina around Thanksgiving. So you know, there was there used to be the the big one a lot of teams did where they send the kids to go, like the kids, the rookies, to go pick up a turkey at, at the hospital, at the uh, at, not the hospital, pick up a turkey at the uh, at the the grocery store, and they'd mess with them at the grocery store. But we took it up to another level in, in, in Charlotte. Uh, Ryan Cleo and Jordan Gross were, were the best pranks. There's a lot of them I can't even really share. But um, for the rookies, what they would do, a couple of things, they'd make them film uh, a PSAs, uh, you know, public service announcements around Thanksgiving. And one year, Ryan hired his friend, who's an actor, to play a hobo, to play like a drunk guy who was part of the PSA, and like mess with the players and ask for money. Oh and, like, my god! <laughs> and one time, so you know, you've heard of, of uh, electrical stem, right? Those pads you put on. That, like, yeah. Okay. So what we did is we we took. A- How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. A belt and made it an audio belt and put pads in the back of it. And we told all the kids that went to go do the PSA, it's different year, that they had to wear the audio belt. It had to be touching their skin. So we put it under their shirt and put it on. And then we just, we'd buzz them. Like in the middle, they'd be like, you know, hi, I'm Jeff Schwartz of the Carolina Panthers. Like they just like cripple them. And like it was... Uh, Thanksgiving pranks were just the best. Um, you know, as, as a rookie, though, I don't remember getting much as a rookie. I mean, stuff in training camp where they would um, – we went away to training camp, so, you know, they'd knock on your door, you'd open it, the bucket of water would fall in your in your room and get water everywhere. Um, there wasn't a lot of, like, craziness I can remember. Um, but, I mean, I, was, I one day I walked in the locker room my second year and everything was boxed up. Like, there was nothing in my locker. Ryan Cleo was mad at me, and he, he boxed everything <laughs> up in three different boxes and put them around the facility. He put them, like, just hit them, and I had to go find them the day before a game. So there's been oh inst- instances like that. There's just not as – it doesn't happen as much as it used to anymore because Hazing's kind of gone out right now. Now it's time for the big story. All right, guys, week five is almost here. The cream is separating to the top here a little bit. We know – kind of who the best teams in football are but let's take a look at the broader playoff picture as we approach week five i want to break this down into tiers okay we're going to talk about our clear-cut absolute super bowl contenders our favorites that can't be touched 
The next tier, we can talk about some other teams that still have a good shot, and then we'll get into some wild cards. But, Jeff, let's start with you. Who is in your tier one right now when you look at the playoff picture and absolute clear-cut Super Bowl favorites? There's only two, in my opinion, and they're both in the AFC, the Chiefs and the Patriots. They're on a collision course right now for the AFC Championship game. They're just determining home field advantage throughout the season. Uh, The Patriots have home field advantage. They win that game. Uh, If the Chiefs have home field advantage, they have a better chance to win that game. I still like New England's defense a lot more than the Chiefs' defense. Uh, But those, to me, are it. On the NFC side, there's just a lot of things up in the air, and I wouldn't put my money on really anybody right now. So I go clear contenders. Like It's Chiefs and Patriots for me. And then there's there's NFC teams that are close. But if we're tearing them up, this is where I'm starting with. Yeah, look, I I agree. So we'll just we'll just cut there in terms of you know it is it's Pats and it's Chiefs. I think yeah. they're the two best teams by a wide margin. In fact, my tier one A is the Atlantic Ocean because I think <laughs> those two teams are so much better right now than anybody else. Yeah. And look, I agree with Jeff. The Chiefs defense it's a witness protection program for three quarters of the game half the time. But they're so good offensively that if the defense makes two plays in the game that matter, they usually win. It's just, it's enough. We saw Brashad Breeland hundred yard return. That was really the difference in a lot of ways. I mean, they forced two fumbles inside the 10-yard line. If you're Detroit, you're looking back going, that's how we lost. To me, when I look at these two teams, it reminds me of the early to mid-90s when the Cowboys and 49ers were just so much better than everybody else that you said, well, whoever wins that game is the prohibitive favorite to win it all. They're going to go to the Super Bowl as a favorite. They're probably going to win. Look, these two teams remind me right now of that, of just two teams that you say – I don't know how anybody touches it. Now, we got a long way to go and things happen, but right now, that's how I look at it. What about your next tier, the could-be Super Bowl contenders, teams that aren't really with the Chiefs, as Verdram establishes an ocean between these, which I agree with, but who's on the other side of that ocean who's trying to you know, hop on the Mayflower and get over to the land where the Chiefs and the Patriots are at, Jeff? So these are five NFC teams. I do think that that mm-hmm. gap in AFC teams is so large. Yep. Uh, so for me, it's I put down the Cowboys at three and one. Look, I, I just felt like Sunday night they went back to the boring Jason Garrett offense. I want, I want to see the Kellen Moore offense. Uh, the Packers, to me, look, uh, they're, they're three and one for a reason, right? They've won two division games. They, they didn't play very well on Thursday night. I'm not terribly worried about that. The offense will continue to get better. They, they're going to stop the run, though. That, that, that worries me a little bit. The Rams... I, they got to figure something out. Look, the, the that offense is a mess. Yeah, blueprints out. He has not adjusted to anything anyone's done to him as well. The Eagles, I think, if they can stay healthy, um, they have great lines, great offense, defensive line. Even though defense lines beat up, they have Carson Wentz. They have parts. All right, just got to stay healthy. And then the Saints. If the Saints can weather the storm with Drew Brees, and then you get and then you get Drew Brees. By the way, who is is healthier at the end of the season? By actually missing six weeks, his arm was not going to die like it did last year, in my opinion. So I think the Saints are the last team in this tier. So those five teams. Okay, so we're similar, if not the same. So I, I don't have the Rams in that tier right now because Goff is a mess and Gurley can only get like eight touches a game. Which, yeah. if, if that's going to continue, look, they'll be a playoff team. But my God, they need more than that. I mean, they, they gave Goff a mint. Mm-hmm. And he's out here giving the ball to the Buccaneers like it's going out of stock. Thank you. So for me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, a gift for Hill. So, for me, I've got Philadelphia and Dallas and Green Bay in this tier. I, I think those three teams right now, Philly, yeah. I, I need to see Wentz play better. Wentz has not been good. I mean, if you look at the tape, he did not play well against Detroit. He's a big reason they lost. They played against the Packers. 
They got healthier. They had Alshon Jeffrey. I get it's a short week on the road. He did not play. We threw three touchdowns. We threw for 160-some-odd yards. So I got to see more out of him. The Cowboys, I still think, are the best team. Look, they ran into a weird game in New Orleans. The defense played great. They just couldn't get enough going offensively. I think more often than not, they win that game. And then the Packers, I love the defense right now. I don't know what's going on offensively. In the second half of these games, you can't score a point. And that speaks to we're really good on script, and the second the script stops, we can't score. Well, that's concerning. Devontae Adams now has this toe injury. They don't have receivers if Devontae Adams isn't on the field. But I have those three teams. Right now, I think it's Chiefs, Pats in the first tier, the Ocean in the second tier, and then those NFC teams. And I, I, yeah. gotta, I don't put the Saints in only because Breeze isn't back. I got to see where they are when Breeze comes back. What about your wild cards? Verderam, start with you this time because I'm very fascinated to hear who you have because if you have an well, ocean between be. all of these teams and then you have Tier 2, who is in Tier 3 well, and why so, are they even in the conversation well, if the gap right, is that big? Right, well, because in between t- Tiers 2 and 3 is like a creek. Okay, <laughs> I think you can just kind of step over it. Uh, I will not put one AFC team in here, and here's really? why. Because none of them are beating Kansas City or New England. It just doesn't matter. None of those teams are going into Kansas City or New England and winning in the divisional round, period. I, I, it would take like a Jags-Denver 1996 type of upset for one of those teams to go in. I'm sorry, look, Baltimore played two weeks against nobody and then played two weeks against good teams and got pantsed in both games. Cleveland, I, I don't, Freddie Kitchens is not going into Arrowhead or Gillette and winning in the playoff game. Like, I'm sorry. Now. Nobody in the AFC South is doing it. The Chargers are the only team I'm like mildly intrigued by. They have the talent if they get healthy. So I'll, you know what? I'll toss them in because they're the one team I think if they get healthy, they could be a problem for one of those teams. So I'll throw the Chargers in. Then I got the Rams and the Saints as the other teams from the NFC. Look, the Rams offense, McVay loves to play nothing but 11 personnel, which is great until, as Jeff points out, the blueprint's out on you and you just keep playing 11 yeah. personnel. I get some juncture here. There's only so many variations to that you can do. you got to do something other than it. And the Saints, they could easily move up to a Tier 2 for me. I just need to see where they are record-wise once Breeze comes back. So I looked at this tier system, like wild card, actually like kind of making the wild card. Like not, none of these teams I have in this list are teams I would consider to win the Super Bowl, even right. remotely close, but just teams that should win their division or should be in the wild cards. I put the Browns in. Like the Browns are going to win the North, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, I do not like the Ravens. I have not been on the Ravens all year. Uh, the Texans are probably winning the South just by default, having the best quarterback right now. They have a terrible coach, in my opinion. Partner uh, the, the Niners and Seahawks, I kind of lump them together. Um, I think we're, we might get the, the wild card team or a wild card team uh, out of the NFC West. Uh, the Bears, um, you know, I think, I, I don't know. I, Trubisky's not. I think we're going to see a little bit of a, of a downward trend when now that Chase Daniels is the actual star of the defense. You have to hold on there. The Bills are three and one. They still have four, three games left against the Dolphins and the yeah. Jets. Yeah. Um, so I think they're a contender for the wild card. Then I put the Chargers in there as well. The Chargers should be an AFC wild card team. If not, then you're looking at maybe um, you know the the Bills, Ravens, uh, maybe. But I think it's going to be um, you know the uh, the Bills and Chargers will be the two wild card teams. You know, I, I like the Bills as a wild card team for the exact reason you said. Like they got the Dolphins twice and the Jets at home. But those those are three wins locked down. I also think like. You know, an interesting team, you mentioned the Bears. And yeah. I almost put them in, but I just believe in 2019, you've got to have something at quarterback. I mean, you've got to be able to make some kind of a play, as Kirk Cousins has shown us on a weekly basis here. Like, at some juncture, you need to make a throw. Dude, their defense is unbelievable. If yeah. they even had league average play at quarterback, 
I know, but, they don't. But, but they don't, right? Like, it's, it's such a slog for them to throw for 200 yards in a game. It's just, I don't know, man. I think when they see teams that have real quarterbacks in the playoffs, as great as that defense is, you're probably going to give up 20, 23 points. And I don't know how the Bears score 23 points. Nope. I don't know, but we'll find out. Now on Stacking the Box, co-host of Good Morning Football and CBS NFL Today. He spent 11 years as a wide receiver in the NFL. Nate Bur- Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. This is Jamie from Progressive. Shh, Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Shh. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. Burleson. We are really, really pleased to be joined by Nate Burleson, former NFL receiver and, of course, a co-host on Good Morning Football NFL Network, a show you cannot afford to miss. Nate, want to welcome you to the pod. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm glad to be on with you guys. Jeff is my guy. What's up, Jeff? Uh, I'm uh, excited for the great season we got. I'm glad to have you on. But I see you're doing some extra TV now. Look at you. I'm doing extra TV. Last week might have been my, um, my, my biggest week of my life when it comes to the media space. I interviewed J-Lo, which anybody born after 1975, J-Lo is everything you would want to see in a woman. And then after that, I did the Irishman red carpet where Al Pacino, he comes up and I introduced myself. He cuts me off and said, Nate, I know who you are. And from there, I might as well just pee my pants on, uh, on national TV. So uh, yeah, life, life is good, man. I'm working like crazy, but I'm enjoying it. Wait, you know, look, we got to touch on, first of all, what you're doing right now, what you're promoting. And of course, that is CBDMD, which is the only American CBD that is on the New York Stock Exchange. And so it's growing like wildfire. I want you to tell all the listeners, what exactly is that? Why are you involved with it? You know, why should they be involved with it? You know, I, um, I try not to promote things. I try not to peddle product. I, I've been very, um, very aware of my brand and what I stand for since I've retired. And I left the game in 2014. And as of recently, I had a few brands approach me. Let's just be completely transparent. And there's a, a lot in the CBD space. And CBDMD reached out to me. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. I didn't smoke pot. I wasn't a big weed guy in the league. And I started to try it. And it made a difference. I wake up at 4 in the morning every day. And I have five jobs. And that is no exaggeration. I have five jobs. I'm really stressed. And it just, it just relaxes me. It puts me in a space where um, I don't feel like I'm wearing the weight of the world on my shoulders. And that's just the mental space I'm in. Um, not to mention the 10 plus procedures that I've had on my body. I got metal in my arm, metal in my knee. And if you use the topicals and use the capsules and all the products that they provide on a daily basis, it just makes me feel good. Like, let's, let's cut to the, the real deal of it. You guys don't want to hear BS. You guys don't want to hear me um, telling you how you feel like Cheech and Chong or Method Man and Red Man and how high. Nah, this isn't a movie. I just feel really good when I'm taking it. So that's how I feel about it. If you hear that and you're like, yo, I want to try it, then try CBDMD. If you hear that and you're like, you know, there's other things in my life that make me feel as good, 
then I'm, I'm glad for you. But me being removed from the game, and Jeff, as you know, when you leave football, it's like telling a rock star to leave the stage. And it takes a while for us to find a little bit of peace. And I'm glad at 38 years old, five years removed from the game, I found some peace. And a part of it is my lifestyle, my family, and a big part of it is this brand. Well, it's the pain management, right? Like when you're done playing, you don't want to hurt. And we've heard for generations now all these athletes that hurt, and, and CBD, in my opinion, does help. But do you think there's a time when the NFL will kind of loosen, at least for CBD, maybe not my THC, do you think there's a time the NFL says, you know what, we'll, we'll let our players take a ton of CBD and, and let it be okay? I believe so. Um, and because, you know, we're sitting here talking about the product, I'll show a story that I haven't shared too many times. I haven't even shared this on TV. Um, I had one of my many surgeries, right? I had a handful of serious procedures done. And the nurse came back from um, drawing my blood. and She had my results. And she, she says to me in a very concerning voice, I'm concerned about you. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, you know, the toxicity level of um, what's in your blood is alarmingly high. And I try to explain to her jokingly because, Jeff, as you know, as football players, we mask our pain. So I'm like, ha you don't get it. I play football and I know I'm having a procedure done. And I know this seems like extreme because uh, I'm going to have surgery and I played a game a couple of days ago. But no, I, I take supplements and um, anti-inflammatories and pain medication. And she looks at me and she says she had, she had no idea I play football. She says. I don't care what you do for a living. Yeah. This is alarming. I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I've never seen anybody um, with these type of results. And it was like a heavy moment for me. Like, mind you, this is a guy that at one point in my life, I felt comfortable going under. Like, so just take that for what it is. You know, if somebody says, hey, we're using anesthesia. I'm like, cool, man. Give me a countdown. I'm out. It'll be the best sleep I ever had. That's me being transparent with you. And she's telling me that I'm concerned for you. And at that point, I thought, damn, like, how much longer am I going to play this game? And how much longer am I going to uh, just lean on the traditional practices of managing my pain? And then when I learned about alternative pain medic medication, that's when, like, my eyes opened up. It's like the movie Pleasantsville, where um, they see color for the first time. And I'm like, damn, there's so much more out there that we have access to. And here's the thing. This isn't me um, trashing the pharmaceutical industry. I've, I've been in it. I know the benefits of it. But there's also so much more out there. And if you do the research and you actually try it for yourself, and I'm telling you, like, it really opens things up, man. Not just mentally, not just physically, but also just like spiritually. Like you, you feel different. And right now, I feel different. Well, let me circle back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of this interview because I want to get into it. So you said you had a very busy week. One of the people you interviewed, J-Lo. I can only imagine. So yeah. I got to ask you, man who played a lot of NFL games, some really big games, more nervous for any of the NFL games or for J-Lo? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was nervous for J-Lo. <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, here's... Here's me segueing a little bit. This is the difference between men and women. And this is appropriate. I'm not going <laughs> to um, go off track too much. But uh, women will say, you know, how was she? Um, you know, what was J-Lo like? You know, what does she wear? What type of heels does she have on? And the majority of the questions sounded like the same thing 
of, of one question, which was from the guys. And they were like, hey, what did J-Lo smell like? And I'm like, out of all the questions, out of all the questions in the world you could ask me, you're asking, first of all, I didn't get close enough to smell like well, Alex Rodriguez is off in the cut staring at me. Like, how weird, do you think I met J-Lo? And I was like, uh, <laughs> nah, so it's funny though. You 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 think about like how people perceive J Lo, and the reason I tell that story is because whether you're a, a man that has looked at J Lo as one of the baddest chicks in the planet, or you're a woman that just is admire her hustle coming from the bottom to the top, like she's a for real unicorn. And she sat down with me, and she was uh, talking about and promoting her new fragrance, which. JLo has launched over 20 fragrances, along with being an actress, um, a dancer, a singer, a pioneer, a philanthropist. So, um, yeah, to answer your question in a very long-winded way, JLo was everything I expected and more. Well, I'd be so nervous to interview here because we're used to playing football. We're not used to interviewing supermodels, celebrities like that. I'll, I'll get your thoughts on a couple of things that we saw this week, Nate. First, I think, and you, you play the wide receiver, obviously, so you might have a better answer on this than me. I feel like the replay review for pass interference now is getting in the way of the game. And I think this is going to be a one-and-done kind of rule. I, just, I feel like it's kind of – it's too hard to tell in slow motion what's happening. Do you think the NFL is going to have to change this rule after a year? Jeff, you know how it is. There's, um, there's that emphasis before the season where they have the league meetings and the refs get involved. And um, the NFL says, we're going to focus on one thing. You remember one year it was hands to the face. Yeah. Another year it was offensive linemen grabbing the judges. Another year it was defensive linemen with the with the dirty shots. Um, and now it's focusing on the wide receivers and DBs. And because of that, I feel like refs, they're focused more on that than what they typically focus on. Um, let me make this completely relatable. Um, have you ever been in a situation where you're thinking about buying a new car and you're shopping online and you're like, you know what? I like this vehicle. I'm looking for a small size SUV four wheel drive. You know what? And I think I like the color blue. What do you see every day that you drive around? A small size SUV that's the color blue. And you're like, oh, this is a sign. No, it's just the fact that it's on your mind. So because these reps were thinking about the things that they wanted to make an impact on when it comes to calling the game, I feel like they're noticing it more. And of course, Jeff, you said it best. They're going to have to address this in the offseason. You know, you obviously, good morning football alongside Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, K. Adams. You guys discuss anything and everything in the world of football. And I'm curious right now, look, everybody feels the same way, right? Like Jalen Ramsey in Jacksonville, that's a situation where maybe his back's hurting him enough to keep him out of the game. Either way, it's kind of an odd look. He's always been able to play. Now he doesn't. Now he wants to be traded. He still feels that way, even though they're tied for, well, with every team in the AFC South. First place, like, how do you think this situation plays out? If you're Jacksonville, do you deal him? If you're Jalen, do you continue to try to sit out in hopes that you can force a deal? You played for a long time. You played alongside a lot of guys who I'm sure wanted out at certain times. Like, how how do you think this whole thing with Jalen Ramsey plays out? I've never met Jalen Ramsey. Um, I feel like as of recently, I have a unique connection with him because I host a podcast on Uninterrupted called 17 Weeks. And it's Cole Beasley, Le'Veon Bell, and Jalen Ramsey. And of course, um, there's a lot of uh, controversy surrounding Jalen Ramsey over the last couple of weeks, the confrontation he got into with his head coach, and then afterwards demanding the trade. So I can be uh, 
NFL player apologists and just say, give the player what he wants. Um, but contrary to what most people believe, you know, I have my own thought. And my own thought is that I hope Jalen Ramsey gets over it and stays with Jacksonville. Now, I know. I get it. Sometimes you're in your feelings so deep that you can't get above water. And I think that's where Jalen's at. He's like, you know what? Some things are said to me, and they're not respecting me. I'm a shutdown corner. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I shut down DeAndre Hopkins to 40 yards. How do you not give me the same type of respect that you give premier players in this league? With all that said, I feel like if he can make it work, if they can make it work, this is a relationship that needs to exist. And in order to exist, you have to figure out a way to coexist. And the reason I say that, you can go somewhere else and the grass might not always be greener. I was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, played three years there. Played four years in Seattle. I played four years in Detroit. I was able to leave and have a choice to sign with my team or sign somewhere else. My personality is I wanted something different, and it wasn't because I was upset or wanted to get away. I just wanted a change of scenery. That always wasn't the best case. It might not be the best case for the team that's picking me up. It might not be the best, best case for me. The reason I wanted Jalen Ramsey to stay in Jacksonville is because how often do you get drafted to an organization and have a chance to go down as one of the legends? Like, that's hard to do, man. This is a business where the turnover rate is moving rapidly. And the moment you put your jersey down is the moment they forget about you. But what makes it hard to forget about you is if you stick with the same, the same organization, regardless of the success. A prime example that I have, Larry Fitzgerald. How many times do you think Larry Fitzgerald was approached and said, hey, man, we have a trade offer? Or the Arizona Cardinals, hey, listen, man, we'll give you a couple of first rounders or a first rounder and a late draft pick for Larry Fitzgerald, and we would make this a win-win for everybody. The Arizona Cardinals decided to stick with Larry. Larry decided to stick with them. And right now we're looking at Larry as – like an outlier in a, in a system where most players leave within a few years just to chase a dollar sign. And because of that, he will forever be an Arizona Cardinal legend, a legend. You can't mention Arizona Cardinals without mentioning Larry Fitzgerald. And he's most likely going to go down as a first ballot Hall of Famer because of his statistics. If you just look at that example, regardless of what happens moving forward, if Jalen Ramsey sticks with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he will go down as a legend and possibly a Hall of Famer. Not to mention, if they turned around like they did two years ago, where they were a game away from the Super Bowl, he can end up with a ring, which pretty much shoes you in as a Hall of Famer. So I just hope that they work it out. Hey, Nate, really want to thank you for your time, man. Appreciate it. Everybody should check out CBD MD. Also check out Good Morning Football, which, of course, Nate is one of the uh, members at Quartet on NFL Network. So, Nate, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on. No problem, man. Hey, and just like when you're facing one of the best running backs in the league, you got to stack the box, man. It's time to place your bets. All right, gentlemen, it's time to place your bets. All right, it's the Thursday night game. It is the, the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. We have the Seahawks minus two. And the over-under is at 49 and a half. Jeff, what are you doing with this game? I'm thinking the under here. 
Uh, it's a high total. I'm, I'm surprised. Seattle's yeah. offense hasn't been terribly great. They've been really... Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Up and down. The Rams offense has a really up and down. Um, you have a short week uh, here. You know, the line at two is interesting because I, I feel like it's a little bit of, of, of recency bias, right? I mean, the Rams look kind of bad. The Seahawks beat the Cardinals, but they really haven't looked that great at home, right? They barely beat the Bengals. They lost to uh, – I don't know, forget who it was. They lost to they lost the Saints. Saints. Yeah. Like, I, I think the line is kind of is kind of you know, a little wacky. If we get to Rams plus three, jump on that. But I would say the under here. Okay, so I'm going to actually double dip on this. I'm going to take the Rams to cover, and I'm going to take the under because uh, Thursday night games typically are low scoring. You're a degenerate. So, hey, you know what? <laughs> you asked me a damn question. All right, I'm taking the I under. I love it. I love my gambling degenerates. The, the Thursday night game typically is lower scoring. It's just yeah. not very well played, more drops, more penalties. So I'll take the under on this game. I think it's something like 23 to 20, and I'm taking the Rams to win outright. Look. Everybody's going to point to that Buccaneers game and go, geez, what's wrong with the Rams? Well, look, the Rams have not looked awesome by any stretch, but they were 3-0 and going into that game. Like yeah. This idea that all yeah. of a sudden they're terrible. Like th- This is the classic game where everybody's all over. What's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? And then Goff throws for 400 yards on Thursday night, and you're like, oh, nothing's wrong with them. Right, They just it's an NFL team that played a bad game. Give me the Rams to cover, to win, and the under in this one. Love it. All right, it's the Sunday night game. Verderam, be careful with your prediction here because you weren't exactly correct with the uh, Lions-Chiefs game. But I it was. Is, it is the Colts and the Chiefs. The Colts, Jacoby Brissett, come into Arrowhead, the Chiefs, minus 11, the over-under 56.5. Verderam. Okay, so this is, like this, is, this is an easy bet for me, not the way you think. I'm taking the Colts to cover this. Ooh. And, I, and I'm taking the over as well, by the way. Look, Interesting. Okay, so Kansas City at home offensively, Unless it's just a complete disaster, they're getting into the mid-30s. They just are. And the Colts' defense, they're missing Malik Hooker, okay? The other, we'll see about Darius Leonard, who's in concussion protocol. The other problem the Colts have, though, is they're a strict zone team. And against Kansas City, that's a problem. Like they, And we saw why in the playoffs last year. Like that is Travis Kelsey is going to go berserk in this game because it is so hard to deal with him without Hooker. And if Leonard doesn't play, I don't know how they deal with him. So I think the Chiefs will win the game. I think it's something like 38 to 30, somewhere in there. I think the Colts cover the look. This is, again, another example of if the Colts beat the Raiders, what is the line for this game? Seven, Seven. points? Yeah. Right, exactly. So the, the line is just too high. I, I think Kansas is going to score a lot. I think they're going to win. But I think even if it's backdoor, the Colts are not a bad team. They had a horrible week. The only way I see she's covering this game is if Hilton can't play. And then all of a sudden, then it becomes where they can't get an explosive play. But I think he probably will play. And so give me the Colts to cover, the Chiefs to win, and the over. I'll tell you why I like the plus 11 here. And I agree, this, this is way too high. The Colts could make the playoffs. It's way too high. Yeah. Um, the Colts do one thing very well the Chiefs suck at, and that's run the football. And yeah. if the Colts stick to the run game, this is the important part, stick to the run game, this game will stay close. The problem is, obviously, you get down 21-3 and you ban the run. If the Colts come out, first drive, put seven on the board, and put the pressure on the Chiefs, 11 points is a lot in the National Football League. I like the Colts. 
All right, the Monday night game, which is hopefully going to be a little bit better than the Monday night games we've seen so what far. What a train wreck the Monday night games Oh, have been. God, the Mason Rudolph show, you weren't impressed by that? I didn't watch it. I'm not <laughs> even going to pretend that I watched it. Jeff did. Jeff watches every second of football. I did watch it. I did, but I did go to bed with five minutes left with a second half under still in doubt. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully this one keeps us up. I know it's going to keep up our uh, video producer, Hunter Armour, because he's a 49ers fan. But the Browns at the 49ers. The 49ers are minus three and a half. The over-under is 46 and a half. Jeff, what's this game doing for you? Um, at this line, I probably wouldn't touch it very much. I like the Niners in this game. I'd wait till hopefully this gets to three. I have no idea if it's going to get to three. Am I supposed to take? Am I supposed to bet everyone in this segment? I, don't, I never know in these segments. You can. Um, you don't have to, but you probably I, should. I, I mean, I would. I lean Niners here at three if I can get three. If it's three and a half, I'll take the Browns. But again, I don't really love taking the Browns here, so um, I'd pass on this or take the Niners if it gets to three, which I think it will. So I'll take the Browns to cover. I think the Niners win a close game, though. I, the okay. Niners are coming off a bye, and they get the extra day as well because it's Monday Night Football, so that's a lot of rest. The the Browns had to play at Baltimore last week. Now they go all the way across the country to play San Francisco. I think the 49ers are good. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, anything like that. I'm not trying to go nuts here, but I do think they're good. And I think the Browns are going to be Jekyll and Hyde all year because I don't, I don't know what you're getting from Kitchens in terms of game plan every week. I don't think Nick Chubb's breaking off an 88-yard run every week. I also I don't think the Ravens are good. I think they're okay. I think the Ravens are an 8-9 win team. But I, when I say good, I don't think they're what some people thought after two weeks where they thought this team could win a Super Bowl. I, so to me, look, I, I'm impressed by what Cleveland did. I do think this game's tight. I think it's one of the better games of the week. I, and I agree with what Jeff said earlier. I think the Browns are going to win this division overall. So I'm not knocking them. But give me the 49ers in this game to win the Browns to cover. All right, we're going to buzz through some of the Sunday slate games, starting with the Vikings and the Giants, one of the early games in that noon 1 o'clock window. The Vikings minus 6. The over-under is 45. It's Kirk Cousins versus Daniel Jones. Verderam, what do you got? Lock of the week, Vikings, to cover the spread in this game. Look, I know everybody's going crazy about Daniel Jones. That's fine. He threw two picks against the Redskins. He should have thrown three against the Buccaneers. Now, that's not to say... I don't like Daniel Jones. I think he's played well for the most part, but those turnovers are real, okay? And the Giants can't cover anybody other than apparently the Redskins. So I think Stephon Diggs finally gets rolling. Adam Thielen kind of called out the Vikings passing game. Not kind of, he did call it out. So if Kirk Cousins doesn't play well in this game, it's a five-alarm fire in Minnesota. I think at some point here, the Vikings are just going to have a game where they kind of explode. I think this is the game. Look, the Vikings are a much better team on both sides of the football. They have to win this game. I think they win, and I think they win big at MetLife. I want the Giants here plus six. Um, I'll tell you why. I believe this is true. Uh, now, the Giants are two and two. I get it. But under Mike Zimmer, the Vikings have won a single outdoor game against the team with a winning record. That's true. Hmm. Wow. And I don't know, Giants don't have a winning record, but they're playing better now. I actually would assume they might have a winning record. If they had Daniel Jones playing against the Bills, I think that was a very game that they could have won. Daniel, yeah. I mean, uh, Josh Allen did play terribly well uh, in, in that game. So I think six is a lot of points here for a confident Giants team. I do not trust the Vikings. They're they're calling plays. It's 1950 right now. They're not calling plays uh, with the 2019 offensive playbook that works. Uh, so give me the Giants. This is a game that I probably will actually bet. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to bet the other ones, but I'm going to bet for sure the Giants. I think I already did. Took them at plus five, but 
with six now, I'll go take another another piece of that. Jeff and I are at major odds considering it's my <laughs> lock of the week and just putting down actual money. So oh. we'll see how things play out. Uh, another not, not, my, not my lock, not my lock of the week though. I don't, I don't know if I have one quite yet. Oh, Verderam's got the lock of the week. We'll see. We'll check the receipts again next week. Yeah, this will be with the Giants win by 30 yeah. points since I went on the record so emphatically. Verderam's going to have to sit this segment out next week. All right, <laughs> next game, Bucks at the Saints. Another early game. Saints are only minus three at home against Tampa Bay, and the over-under is 47. Jeff, what do you got with um, this one? So, I... Man, I don't like the, I don't. <laughs> I, this is a, a stay-away game. I, I don't... I don't know what to make of the Bucks after that win. Um, you know, it was a great win, obviously, but it feels a little fluky. Yeah. The Saints' offense has not been terribly great. They won with four field goals the other night. Um, are they going to be better against the Bucks? This is a game I just would say I'm good and pass. So I, I will, in real life, pass absolutely because I don't get it. But this stack in the box is just some weak nonsense. So I'm going to make a call. Right. <laughs> I'm not, not going to sit on the sidelines. So I will take the Buccaneers to cover in this game. I think this game's really close. I also would lean toward the under. Like I think everybody thinks of New Orleans and Tampa is really high offense or high octane offenses, yeah. and Tampa certainly has been. The Saints are not that with Teddy Bridgewater. They, no. they can't score. Like this, like look, they scored offensively. They scored 19 points up in Seattle, and they scored 12 without a without a touchdown against Dallas. So, and the Tampa Bay defense has played much better this season with Todd Bowles as a coordinator. And I can tell you right now, they are going to blitz the daylights out of Bridgewater in this yeah. game. That's coming. So yeah. I, I see this as a low-scoring, relatively low-scoring, 20-17, to 23-20. So I would take the under if I had to take anything at all. And then I think the Bucks cover, they might even outright win. The Buccaneers, if not right. for a missed kick in Week 2, are 3-1 and one right now. So I think the Bucks are better than people realize. I think it's a really interesting game. Well, we'll find out whether or not I'm on this segment next week because I have just skipped it because the Bucks broke my heart. Uh, we'll go across the pond. Speaking of oceans, Verderam, across the ocean to London, uh, the Bears and the Raiders. The Raiders should stay on the other side of the ocean. <laughs> just don't game. come back. Uh, the uh, Bears are minus four and a half with Chase Daniel under center, and the over-under is 40 and a half. Jeff, you don't have to do a British accent when you do this, but what's your pick? Uh, I wasn't game? playing on it. Uh, <laughs> Under here easily, right? I mean, yeah. look, Chase Daniels now starting um, his second game. Not starting, he's now playing his second game of the year. He's a backup quarterback for you. I like Chase a lot. Backup for a reason. Um, and defensively, we know the Bears are special. I don't really trust Oakland. I know they had that big win, but their offense still like is blah. And the Bears know they have to win with their defense. Plus, games tend to be low scoring over there. Sometimes bad turf. Um, uh, I just I'm going with the under here. I feel better taking it, but that means they're probably going to score a thousand points. No, listen, I'm with you 100% here, yeah. not to be boring. The under, I, I hit the under so hard I just broke my phone. Look, this game, the Raiders, if they if they crack 10 points, I'd be shocked. Right? Like, this is this has all the makings of a Khalil Mack, like six sacks, two forced fumbles, yeah. a pick. The revenge touch. game. Oh, it's going to be, and he he's not even hiding it. Like, all week long, he's been talking about, yeah, I can't wait for this game, I've been circling this game. Him against Trent Brown is going to be fantastic. And I'm putting my money on Mac. Nothing against Trent Brown, but I wouldn't put Mac against anybody and not mm-hmm. take him to have any advantage. Also in this game, look, I'm just going to go out and say it. I think they're better with Chase Daniel than they are Trubisky right now. I, I don't know if that's the answer for forever because his team starts to get used to it. I think that changes a little bit. But right now, it's a little bit of a shot in the arm. It's something different. I, I think Trubisky long term is probably the better bet for them. But right now, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for the Bears to have Chase Daniel under center. 
Last one that we got here, it is America's Game of the Week. Two iconic franchises, the Packers and the Cowboys, getting together in Dallas to do this. We've got the Cowboys minus three and a half, the favorites. Yeah. And we have the uh, over-under here, 46 and a half. What do we got, Jeff? Uh, I'm going with the Packers plus three and a half here. Um, I think the Cowboys showed against the Saints that they might not be quite there yet against the better defenses. Uh, you know, Matt Pine had a couple more days to prepare this defense. Uh, I just think that I'm just look national TV game. I'm trusting Aaron Rodgers to do what he can do. Uh, I think the three and a half. I like that hook right there. If it was three or two and a half, I might take the Cowboys. But three and a half, give me the Packers. Yeah, that extra half point's huge. So I, I would also take the Packers to cover. I think Dallas wins a really tight game. I think probably by about three points. So uh, I, I will take the Packers to cover. Wouldn't be shocked at all if they win. I'm also going to take the over in this game. I know conventional wisdom kind of says it should be an under game. Both teams have good defenses. Tyron Smith is missing for Dallas. Michael Gallup might be missing. Devontae Adams is probably missing with turf toe. But whenever those games, when you look at them and you say, well, nobody's going to be able to score. It's going to be... I trust the quarterbacks in this game. It's a big game. It's almost it's almost standalone at 4 o'clock yeah. Eastern. The only other game is the Chargers and Broncos. I'm not sure that's a football game. <laughs> nope. Uh, so I, I think I think this is a kind of game where Rodgers just goes berserk and he elevates everybody around him. I think I think it's going to be a, you know, a 30-27 type of game. But give me the Packers to cover the Cowboys to win in the over. All right, betting's closed, gentlemen. We'll see next week whether we are up or down. We'll find out. But let's go ahead and see what we've got going on in week five. It's time for in or out. All right, it's in or out. You tell me if you're in on this statement or if you're out on it, and I need a good explanation why. Don't skirt away from it. Be real. Be raw. These are NFL fans. They're ready for this. So give the first a, one we go. Question. Let's go. Dwayne Haskins is going to save Jay Gruden's job in Washington. Are you in or are you out, Jeff? I'm 100% out on this. Jay Gruden is gone. There's no, even if even if Haskins plays semi well, really, they're they're dumpster fire right now. He's not saving his job. He's I mean he's got to play like like Pat Mahomes for the next thirteen weeks of season for him to keep his job. He, this is no, he's gone, way gone. Okay, so let's not even be boring. Out hundred percent as well. But also look, so about a month and a half ago, I wrote an in depth piece about the Redskins and the dysfunction, which God knows, listen, a million people have written about the dysfunction. But I talked to sources within the league. And just got a, a litany of quotes, some of which I can't even use on here with the profanity. But a lot of it's centered around, look, as long as Bruce Allen's there, the Redskins are going to be a disaster. Because he's always in Dan Schneider's ear basically telling him, this is what you ought to do. That's what you ought to do. So they can fire Jay Gruden all they want. They can do whatever they want to do. But they're a, they are a complete tire fire until... Something changes with Bruce Allen. T- typically, that would mean he needs to be gone. But I don't know that he ever will be gone as long as Dan Schneider owns the team. Oh, and by the way, nice job putting Dwayne Haskins in a game after he took no snaps with the starters all week long. You put him in when they're losing on the road. They get predictably bombed. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Dwayne, here's your first start. It's the Pats. Best of luck to you. Oh, wow. Say, say a prayer tonight for Dwayne Haskins because he's yeah, going to need Light, light all the candles at church. Every single church candle, light her up. He's going to need it. Next one, the Lions, after Matt Patricia eviscerated Verderam and almost beat the Chiefs. <laughs> An he was coming state. for it. Daddy Patricia was here for you, uh, Verderam. The Lions are legit NFC playoff contenders, in or out. Verderam? Uh, I'm in that they're playoff contenders. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. 
With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. They actually really impressed me. I got to be fair. Look, I, I came into the year thinking they were a five- or six-win team. I, I'm not a big Matt Patricia fan. I, I was very impressed with their game plan. They didn't have Darius Slay. I thought that was a kiss of death before the game. I thought the yeah. Chiefs would be able to run a rough shot over them. Now, look, the Chiefs didn't play a great game in their own right, but give credit to the Lions. They did a lot of good things in that game. I think Matt Stafford's playing some of the best ball he's played throughout his career. His stats aren't astronomical, but they're very good. I think he's on pace for like 4,500 yards and 36 touchdowns. So I, I think they're good. Look, that division is brutal. That is the best division in football. I do think they will contend. It's going to come down to how well they play in the North. Uh, I'm in on this as well, uh, okay. but with a little trepidation. The Lions have got to get out of their own way now. Like, it's about time to stop being the Lions. Stop fumbling inside the five twice. Yep. Stop you know, using your timeouts poorly. Stop having all these errors. Like, if they can just get out of their own way, they're 100% a playoff contender. Next one. The Bills earned respect in a loss to the Patriots. Are you in or are you out, Jeff? I think I'm in just in the slightest. Um okay. Their defense earned respect offensively. Josh Allen, he's just not the guy. Oh, he, he can, you can be excited for his future, but he's shown. I mean, look, uh, they, you know, they they scored seventeen in the Bengals. Um, they obviously not score very much in this game. Then against the Giants, he was okay. I mean, you have to win one style of, of play in Buffalo, which is play defense, run the football, limit mistakes. Josh Allen was getting cussed out by his coach because he's throwing up arm yeah. punts yeah. to the Patriots. Like, you can't do that. So. Um, I think they're in because of their defense. Okay, so their defense is awesome. I'm in. Tredavious White's the best corner nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. They've got some really good linebackers. Edmonds, I think Milano's underrated. Defensively, Ed Oliver's a beast up front along with some other guys. Look, Micah Hyde, by the way, like nobody's played better through four weeks. He's been absolutely dominant on the back end. That said, like, there's no way around it. I'm not going to repeat everything Jeff said, but Josh Allen's has got to be better. You cannot turn the ball over, over and over and over. And that's the problem I have with the Bills. They can win a specific way. And if that way is taken away, if they get down 14 nothing. game's over. They just have no ability to come back. But I am in because I love their defense. I think it's a soft schedule for the most part. I think the Bills are going to win 9 or 10 games, be a playoff team. And, and look, I did respect. They got down 13 nothing very early in that game. Allen yep. throws a hideous pick. They get a punt block for a touchdown. That game in past years is where the Bills, it goes completely off the rails. They lose by 30 points. I give the Bills a lot of credit. In fact, I think if Allen didn't get hurt, they might have won the yep. game. They might have very well won that game. They almost won it with Matt Barkley. So I, I gave respect for the Bills, or gained respect for the Bills, rather. I, I think, looking forward, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I died on the hill earlier this season that that was going to be one of the best defenses in football. And the, I was right about the Jaguars. The unfortunate case, the common thread between those two teams, Blake Bortles and Josh Allen, these good defenses without good quarterbacks. Uh, next one here, we got two more. More than one first-year head coach is going to be out of a job and get fired at the end of the year. Are you in or are you out on that, Jeff? I'm out on that. I'm not even sure one's getting fired. Who's, who's getting okay. who, first year, What first-year coach is getting fired? Brian Flo, I mean, Flores? Kitchens? I mean, okay. no, Kitchens not getting fired. See, I'll, I'll actually – I'll flip. I'll be in on this. Okay. King, King, all right, so let's let's run back. Kingsbury's not going anywhere. They could, they could go 0-15-1. It's not going to matter. He's going to be there. Okay. 
Zach Taylor, I think, is going to be there. They, they are sure. the most patient team in the NFL, and they're not eating a dime of that contract. So he's going to be there. All right, here's where I, though, buy in. I think if the, if the Browns derail, and they, now look, we both agreed early in the podcast, I don't know that that definitely happens. But if the Browns go 7-9 and nine or something, and they're a disaster, and the offense is, is bitching at the end of this thing, I wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't be the first time the Browns were one and done with a head coach. So there's that. Flores, I think Flores is there. But if they go 0-16, it's got to be in play. I, now, I don't, I don't yeah. think he's going anywhere because the Dolphins are more than happy to go 0-16 internally. But the right. other one I would watch is Fangio. If, that, if they are completely off the rails and they are well on their way to doing that out there in Denver, they go 2-14, I wouldn't be shocked if they look at the situation and go, look, we need, a, we need a quarterback. I don't care if they took Drew Locke in the second round. I could care less. If they can take two or Herbert, they have to do it. Okay, If they do that, I could see them saying we need an offensive mind as a head coach. So mm-hmm. I will be in. I, I could see Fangio going, and I could see Kitchens or Flores going, depending on the situation. I, I can't see John Elway ditching Fangio after two years of Vance Joseph. Like I just mm-hmm. his his reputation is already on the line now, and if he doesn't, um, if he fires him after a year, he's gone too. But look, the, the Broncos easily beat three and one too, right? I mean, they, they lost two games at home where they had the ball where they had the lead under a minute left. So um, I, I don't think it's no one. Do you, do you think, though, like, let's just say in a world Broncos go 3-13, and 13, is there any chance always gone, at least in his role, he's moved around, so to speak? Yeah, I, I think it's, yes, I think it's possible. I do, too, for the first time. I didn't think it was until this year, but this is becoming – because you're right, Jeff. They could be 2-2, two 3-1, two, but as you and I both know, and you know, especially being in the NFL, <laughs> they're not. They're 0-4, no. and, and Bradley Chubb's gone for the year, mm. and they've got four games left with the Chargers and the Chiefs. Like yeah. it, it could be very rough. All right, last one that we got here. Vontez Burfick's season-long suspension was overkill by the NFL. Jeff, you played in the NFL, so I'm going to go to you with this um, one first. What do you think about that, in or out? The way you phrase it is interesting. So overkill, I would say um, that it's not. So I'm okay. out on that. I'll tell you why I don't think it's overkill. Because what's going to happen is they're going to they're going to appeal this, and it'll get to like ten games. So I think sometimes the NFL will over-suspend someone because they know upon appeal they want him to end up getting 10 games. If they said 10 games from the start, and, you know, via appeal, typically you lose a couple games off, and now it's six. Um, that looks pretty bad. So I, I think that, that it's not an overreaction because I think that he should be banned, um, which they're never going to do, I don't think. But I think this will be reduced at some point. I'll just be blunt. Just to spend this dope for the rest of time, how many times – does this have to happen? Right? Like, what? my question is, what if he ever hit, like, a quarterback like this and knocked mm-hmm. him out? Like, what if they played New England this year and they don't? So it's irrelevant. But Or even, can't, let's say, Kansas City, Mahomes, right? Reigning MVP. You imagine if in week 13 he hit Mahomes like that and knocked him out of, you know, the month of the season? And if I'm the NFL, like, I've seen enough of this. He has been suspended time after time after time with fines yeah. on top of it. It never ends. And Jeff, look, I'm, I'm obviously not a former player. I can't speak to that side of it, but... I would think a lot of guys, but you know, just enough. How often does this have to happen? Look, I know the union's got to protect its guys, but it's also got to protect the guys who he's targeting. Yeah. So, right. it, look, I, I think it was the right move to suspend him for the year. And frankly, at this point, if you're another team next year, why sign him? To me, he's he's on the far end of the back nine of his career. Yeah. They, they made him a team captain. Yeah. It's unbelievable. That's Gruden for you. Like, Gruden is is the worst <laughs> GM in football. Okay, like he may not be the worst coach, he's the worst general manager in the league. I don't understand why they signed him. Now they might be out without him for the year. And I think after this year, like, what is the point? 
That's my my two cents. I think it was when Burfitt got suspended before James Thrasher uh, reduced the suspension, but Derek Brooks, who was a linebacker, he upheld the suspension. Yeah. I, 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 what, what's that about? I feel like if there would be, you know, Derek Brooks would be looking out for the linebackers. It feels like he's trying to make a case there. And Brooks was, you know, he's, one of the greats. Supposed to be impartial, right? It's supposed to be, and that's what he was. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Time to look forward to our favorite upcoming matchups. All right. Week five is almost here, and we'll wrap up by taking a look into our crystal ball and seeing what we are most excited about. Verteram. I'm just going to tee you up on this one. Bill O'Brien okay. next week. Yeah, listen, what are you looking forward so, to so this Bill is, This is not what I'm excited about. This is just something that has to be said. They gave up 62 sacks last year, which is the highest mark in the league. They invested three first-round picks, two traded for Tunzel, and then they drafted Titus Howard. They sent a second-round pick as well in that, that deal, and they drafted Max Sharping. Okay, They are now on pace to give up 72 sacks. Now, look, I get it. Okay, Watson sometimes, he, he dances around the pocket too much. Whatever. It's still ridiculous. It is like, there like four of them this week. They're on Watson. Yeah. Uh, and, look, and, and there's no arguing. Look, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, there are times with Watson where he, he, he drifts too far back. He holds onto the ball for too long. But at what point here with Houston, how do you lose at home to Kyle Allen when they fumbled the ball three times in that game and lost? And the only touchdown Houston had was off of one of those. They were, they were given the ball at the 10-yard line. They went in. Then you got Billo calling a, a play where DeAndre Hopkins is throwing a pass in the red zone and gets picked up. What is happening? What is happening? That division, which, by the way, I picked Houston to win. Uh, I would like to say I think Jacksonville is going to win that division. Yeah. Okay, no, Minshew is not watching right. Minshew can play. Like, Minshew's a real quarterback on that team. Their defense is terrific. I think Marone is heads and tails better than O'Brien as a head coach. Give me Jacksonville all day and half the night right now. And, that, and they they almost, I mean, literally within an inch, they almost beat Houston in week two. If that happens, we're sitting here looking at this going, man, they got a two-game lead on it. Yeah. It didn't, whatever. The point is, Houston's more talented than these other teams, but it just doesn't matter because the coach is a train wreck. And the offensive line, my guy, look, Jeff, you ought to come out of retirement. <laughs> Two-year deal, 16 mil, like fully guaranteed. Like, step in. You need you need to step up and help out because no, <laughs> nobody there can block. Nope, it's it's unbelievable. So the thing I'm looking forward to this week the most, I think, is that Cowboys Packers game because we might get a much clearer picture now of who the favorite in the NFC is. Mm. If the Packers go into Dallas and win that game against a good Dallas team, they're, they're the favorite right now. If Dallas beats a good Packers team, especially by ten points. Well, they're easily the favorite in the NFC as well. So I think that game to me will give us a much clearer picture of how the NFC might play out. So I'm looking forward to that game. All right, we'll have to see next week. We will be back next Tuesday with Stacking the Box. Remember to subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss that notification. You can also hear me cry about the Buccaneers. I'm sure Verderam will be pretty upset about the A's next week. Check in for that. Jeff's living the good life, though. So you can check. If you want the happiness, check in the show, subscribe, leave a five-star review. If for nothing else, Jeff's positivity and his happiness. (laughs) We'll do this again next week, fellas. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. You know me, I'm a huge football fan, but it can be stressful for us super fans. So Progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment. 
instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net. Just think about how Homecourt Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Well, hope this distraction about Progressive's Homecourt Explorer was helpful. It sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit. Anyway, go sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.